Yeah. Okay, you want to get started, man? <laughs> yeah, sure. Let's just right. jump right in. Yeah, welcome to Calibration Station. I hardly know the, the name of my own podcast. I came up with it like pretty recently, but yeah, how would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, that's a good question. I know I know one of the questions you'd send me beforehand was who are you? And so Yeah, yeah. I guess yeah, an opportunity yeah. to answer that. Yeah. My so my name's Nick Bastian. Um I'm a friend of Brian's and I'm excited to be on the podcast this morning. I I was thinking about what the best way to describe me would be. And um I so just some kind of basic profile bios type information is I, I've just turned 25. Um I work, I'm a young professional living in State College, Pennsylvania. I work for a church full time as a pastor, which um, I'm sure we'll talk about more as we go, but uh, that's something I enjoy doing quite a bit. It feels like not necessarily a job, but a calling in a lot of ways. And um, outside of that, things about me that I think are always going to be true, because who knows how long the pastor thing will be, and I won't always be 25, and who knows, it might not always be in State College, but uh, some things that I think are always going to be true about me, um, I'm a work in progress, bit of a mess mm -hmm. sometimes, I have noticed that uh, there's always things that I can improve and learn about and things that I'm growing in. And uh, it's really exciting to me, but it also means that I'm imperfect. Mm -hmm. And so I've come face to face with that quite a bit. Um, I I find a lot of my identity in being a son, uh, certainly with God as, as a heavenly father. And then I also have a, a family that I love and have grown up in that I've enjoyed quite a bit. And so they've been incredibly instrumental. But I see that. And, and I also consider myself an ambassador in a lot of ways of just as someone who has found their identity in Jesus Christ. I feel like there's quite a there's quite a lot, a lot of baggage with um, Christianity, I think, especially in America. And so in, in a lot of ways, I view myself as an ambassador of just kind of reshaping and helping people understand who the real Jesus is. And so that's a lot of where I find my identity. I certainly could go on and on, but that's a little, I guess, a little taste. of. That's cool, man. Passion. How did you get into this pastor type deal or and Christianity in general? Yeah, that's a good question. I I'll I'll try not to take up a whole hour just explaining my story to you, but kind of a spark notes version. I so the family I grew up in, we we grew up going to church. Um both my parents were raised in a Lutheran church, which is a little more formal, and so that's what I went to as a kid, and I I really did not like it. And I've noticed that's a lot of people's experience with the church is they grow up and they're parents kind of make them go and uh, it's sort of just a Sunday morning type thing. And that's what it was yeah. for me. Um, I didn't, I didn't love it, but we were, we were a very moral house. Like my parents instilled a lot of morals in me and I uh, had a really good relationship with them growing up, which was fantastic to have looking back on. I didn't, re I didn't realize as a kid, you're just like, Oh, this is, this is normal. Yeah, and then I yeah. would I'm like, Oh, people don't get along with their parents as well as right. I do. But, um, that's amazing they they yeah yeah they trusted me really well and i think that just kind of sort of bred this two-way like they trusted me to make good decisions largely and that wasn't always the case but i think having that trust from them and having them in my corner um helped me to stay out of a lot of trouble that i may have found myself in had that not been the case and so um i was, I was pretty moral through high school and would have considered myself a christian and then it was uh, the year for me between high school and college, I did a gap year, which is mm -hmm. really, I was actually just telling, I was, I was shopping at Weiss the other day. It's a grocery store in town. And yeah, yeah. I was one of the kid who was checking me out as a senior in high school. And I was telling him, I'm like, Hey, 
he was considering a gap year. And I was like, honestly, for me, that was one of the most formative years of my entire life doing that. I, I wouldn't change that for the world. And so I did that program out in Branson, Missouri. And that was just kind of a nine month um, getting mentored by some some older men, uh, learning about the Christian faith, reading the Bible a lot, really starting to understand what it is that I believed. Because up until then, um, I would say I, I believed in Jesus, but I didn't really know what it meant to follow him. I didn't know what I was getting into with the mm. Christianity thing. It was just kind of a cultural family thing that I grew up with. And so yeah. in that time, I, I started really taking my faith seriously. And then uh, the following year, I came to Penn State. And, and at that point, everything had already changed. And I got pretty involved in the church here called, that I now work mm. for, Cedar Heights. And that was where I realized, I was like, oh, the church that I grew up in, not really enjoying, not being excited about, that's not how all churches are. And this is what church can look like. And it can be a family. It can be a community that you're excited to go and see people that you truly love and care about. And there's a, a mission and a purpose. It's not just reciting a bunch of the same things and and kind of, you know, mouthing your way through songs that you're not super excited about. I really started to learn what it was to worship and uh, what it was to have purpose in life. Mm-hmm. And so being involved in that church, I really was enjoying that. And then finally one summer after I had finished, I was, I was working at a camp over the summer and I'd finished working there. And uh, our lead pastor, his name's Dan Digman, he had sent me a text and we didn't have our phones as staff at camp. And so whenever we finally wrap up the summer, we get our phone and uh, oh, all nice. these blow up your phone. And it's kind of yeah. nice not to have it. Yeah, but yeah. so I'm reading through my texts and Dan was like, Hey, I have an idea I want to run by you whenever you get a chance. And at this point, being on staff at the church was not on my radar at all. I, I didn't even consider that. But I was curious. I was like, I wonder what that could be. And so I called Dan right then and uh, he asked me because I was working for the fitness centers at Penn State, which was a job I enjoyed quite a bit. But asked me he's like would you be willing to quit that um we want to bring you on part-time this fall and i i was super excited i was like oh absolutely in a heartbeat like i can definitely <laughs> i can definitely i won't be back and he starts asking me he's like how much were they paying you and i was like oh i think it was about this much but he's like well we want to pay you at least that and i was like dan i'll do this job for free like you don't understand i'm, I'm so excited like this is the coolest opportunity and uh for, fortunately he ended up persuading me into taking just a a small paycheck and I worked part-time for about a year and a half and over the course of that time I wasn't a pastor or anything I just was kind of doing some administrative stuff helping out with Mm -hmm. events and uh, different odds and ends around the office and so I'd say about halfway into that year and a half stretch I kind of started realizing like oh I think they maybe want me to be a pastor after I graduate college and Mm -hmm. Um, had some conversations with Dan about that and got really excited about that idea. It wasn't something I'd seen myself doing. I had a lot of ideas of what I might do after college and most of them involved not being in state college anymore. And uh, whenever he, whenever they finally kind of unofficially made the offer to me at that point, I'd, I'd had some time to consider it and really think about where I wanted my life to go. And, and at this point I was pretty excited about what we were doing as a church in town. And so at that point it was an easy decision and ended up, after I graduated in December of 2018, I came on staff full time that next January. So that's how I'm. That's how I'm here now. It's been well, just over just over two years of being on staff full time, and it's been wow. It's gone by so wow. last. So why do you think Dan picked you? Why do you think he reached out to you? That's a really good question. I I, I wish I could have been in his shoes throughout the duration of that. I, I think I think 
probably from about the moment that I'd been coming around. Um, kind of just been watching, watching the way that I interacted with people and um, just obs- kind of observing my life and considering like, is this a guy maybe who's supposed to be a pastor one day? And I think he'd been asking himself that question for quite some time. And as he, I think on his end, maybe he was starting to see it and being like, I think that, I think that he might have what it takes to step into this role. He started getting me around some other guys that he trusted and, and just to kind of confirm and be like, okay, are you seeing the same things I'm seeing? And so uh, I think after some interactions with them and him being able to kind of bounce that idea off them, which I had no idea was going on at the time for me, I'm just meeting these people yeah, and yeah. it's fascinating, but um, I, I'm interested, honestly, I'd love to ask him at some point, like, hey, Dan, what were you looking for? But I think a lot of it was just sort of seeing, like, does it feel like this guy is is gifted in this way? Like, you know, because there's a lot of things that go into being a pastor that I still feel like there's so much that I don't understand or don't know how to do well. But there's a lot of different kind of relational things about, like, just interactions with people. And um, I think he's kind of observing my relationship with God myself and, and, you know, whether it feels like the Holy Spirit has kind of set me apart for that role. And um, I've, I myself have never asked someone to become a pastor, but I think just looking back on my experience and my relationship with him over the last three years or so, I think that's probably what the process looked like for him on his end. Mm-hmm. I find it really interesting that you, whenever you got into the Christianity thing in the, your gap year between high school and college, you weren't super interested in it and like, you didn't really know where to go with it. I feel the same way about mm-hmm. electrical engineering in a way. Um, I didn't know what I wanted to do at all. And my junior year, I had some really good professors who were willing to be my mentor and guide me and help me. And now I've definitely found my interest in electrical engineering. So yeah, that's. I just wanted to make that parallel. I had so much to say during your, during your talk, but... <laughs> Sure. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, there's there's good questions. I, I'm curious. I mean, for you, because I know for me, just finding mentors throughout the course of my life so far has been so so key. And so I'm curious for you, like, what did it look like with the electrical engineering professors? Like, was that a conversation that you had with them to be like, hey, will you mentor me in this, or did it sort of happen naturally through classes? What was that like? It was definitely natural through classes. So I found. Um, a subject interesting that like something they brought up in class that was interesting and I would just go to their office hours every week and just bombard them with questions I would like write down a bunch of questions write down a bunch of notes before our actual office hour meetings so I'd be like prepared and have something willing to share with them so it's not just like a one-way a one-way street of them just like telling me stuff but I think that was um yeah, the mentorship type deal was definitely like a, a gradual fall into it because then I, I started asking them about like research opportunities and stuff like that, stuff that I could do to kind of increase my knowledge in the subject and stuff like that. That's really neat. That's really neat. I've, I've noticed whenever I think especially older people who have that experience and have that expertise, whenever younger generations come to them with questions, with ideas, with things they want to talk about, I think there's something really exciting about that, that um, that relationship just happens really naturally at that point. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, I want to talk about Mount Nittany. Yeah. How did you get into Mount Nittany? Yeah, Mount Nittany is 
I, I, I was thinking about the when did you start hiking it question, and I was like, well, there's kind of a couple different answers to that. The, so the very first time I ever went was as a, as a freshman. It was my fall semester, and I did I did a little. I was involved with the Navigators, which is a, a campus outreach. Um, kind of Christian group that you're familiar with, I, I think, through uh, different mutual friends. Yeah, and yeah. They, you know, just kind of as an involvement thing with the freshmen, we went out and then hiked Mount Nittany at night. So the very first time I went up, it was at night with a bunch of other people that I'd really kind of just met for the first time. And um, even one of my best friends today, I, I look back on our first interaction and it was in the car on the way to Mount Nittany. And that's kind of been... I mean, as I'll talk about sort of a theme with the mountain has been relationships. Like that's one of the things I love about it. But so I hiked it, then, I hiked it then. And I think I'd hiked it maybe one other time as an undergrad, but outside of that, um, it was not out there a lot. You know, I was right in my backyard, yeah. but it was not something that I went and did regularly. And then at the beginning of this last year in 2020, um, for whatever reason, I think I'm pretty Part of it was probably I, I lived pretty close by. I lived over in Hauserville, which is kind of right there near the base of it. And um, just decided I was like, oh, this is something I'd like to do semi-regularly this year. And I went up once early, like maybe January 3rd, January 4th. And I was like, let's see how many times I can do this this year. Just kind of as like a general, like it'd be fun to come out here and hike regularly. And a couple other guys who wanted to do it with me on, a, on like a weekly basis. And so uh, we started doing that early Tuesday mornings. We'd we'd run up it, get a good workout in, and then we'd pray together at the top and then, you know, hike back down. It was, it was wow. really fun. And then whenever COVID hit, that's whenever it really became like a big thing for me is, is it was a way to get out. And all of a sudden, before I knew it, I had, I'd gone up like 10 days in a row and I was like, well, let's see how long I can go. You know, yeah. like, I'm, you know, I'm, we're, we're not, I'm not traveling right now with everything going on. So I have time. And so I just, just started doing it essentially on a daily basis for months. And uh, from there, just kind of spiraled into this like year long. Let's see, yeah. see how often I find myself in the mountain. It was, I mean, so yeah, to, I guess to answer your question in short, I really feel like I started hiking Mount Nittany at the beginning of 2020. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I kind of have a little bit of a similar experience. I went up to Mount Nittany for the first time in 2019 with a group of friends in the Penn State Blue Band Drumline. We just all hiked up there and I was like, yeah, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. But um, it was it was kind of hard going with the group because I I just wanted to push myself and get up there as fast as possible. But, you know, most of the other people couldn't really keep up with that pace. So I felt like um, kind of restricted to to hold myself back to stay with the group. And. I didn't really think anything of it. I just thought like, yeah, hiking's fun. I totally want to do that more. And um, I think it was about, it was about a week before classes started in fall 2020. So after the pandemic hit and I just rode my bike there and I just wanted to see like what it'd be like to ride my bike and hike up the mountain because I had a friend that had, um, she had ran from our apartment to the mountain like um so i thought that was like if she can do it then like i i can totally ride my bike and like it'll be way faster and then i can hike too and that'll be like good exercise and then i realized that like that hill before you get to the trail it's like freaking mm -hmm. brutal oh, yeah <laughs> and it was it was like the hardest it was probably the hardest thing i've ever done and it just made me want to do it even more like i just wanted to keep doing it and see how good i could get at yeah biking and hiking 
So <laughs> that's really what started like my my routinely appearances at the mountain. Yeah. And then after uh there was a time where I didn't I was like I was really losing my motivation. Like I didn't want to do it anymore cuz I was just I wasn't getting any better at it. It was just like it was becoming a chore and like whenever I thought about oh it's Tuesday I need to go up to the mountain today on my bike. This mm-hmm. is going to suck. I don't re- I don't even feel good. Like this just sucks. The very next time I went, I just I told myself I was going to take my time and go as slow as possible and just really take it in. And that after that, like I just started going every day. Like it was amazing. I didn't have to ride my bike. I just wanted to be there and yeah, it was definitely more of like a a getaway rather than exercise from there on. Uh, yeah, I, re- I remember, I think whenever we really started to connect on the mountain, it was kind of a similar timeline for me where I was, I just felt like, man, this this is kind of a chore at this point. Like, I feel like I have to get out here and I still, like, I enjoyed pushing it up, but there's something about, yeah, you kind of feel like you've, you've plateaued to a degree and it just sort of becomes this like beating your head against the wall type thing. And I remember September and October, I decided I'm just going to, I'm just going to walk really slow up and down and take my time. And I remember that being such a freeing kind of change of pace toward the end of the year to be like watching the leaves change from, you know, like the end of September, they just started changing colors and watching it go the whole way to like the leaves dropping at the end of October and just taking that time to go slow there's something about going slow that i think is so important and really finding that finding what it is about man nitney that you enjoy other than like a good workout because i think if that's all that it is at the end of the day you're you're not going to do it for as at least as long and as as we have been i think right so let me let me try to think of a another question related to mountain nitney i had something in my head but i forgot it (laughs) that happens to me a lot so (laughs) All right, I guess we can kind of zoom out. Um, I'm going to ask my favorite question. Nick, what is your greatest strength in life? Yeah, I, I <laughs> looked at that, and uh, I really enjoy thinking about that. I've actually had some really interesting philosophical conversations with a friend of mine who we've just been talking about, like, what does it mean to be strong? What does it mean to be weak? What are these things? Like, how do we, you know, how do we determine what we are, where we, you know, yeah, yeah. on that spectrum of things? and. I was thinking about this and I, and I think for me, it kind of comes back to, I think I would say that my greatest strength is recognizing how weak I am. Um, and honestly, Brian, like most of the, I think a lot of the time I like to think I'm a little bit stronger than I really am. And and I think that's whenever I run into problems with stuff is whenever I start relying on, um, what I perceive to be maybe our, our bigger strengths than I actually have. And there's some things I think naturally that like pop into my head, whenever I look at this, I'm like, I, I've always kind of thought, at least for the last handful of years or so, I'm like, I think I'm a pretty good listener. I think that's a strength of mine. But even that, I've kind of come to realize I'm like, I, I am a good listener at times. And I think it's, I think it is a strength of mine. But I'm like, even that, I think is something that um, if I start relying on my ability to listen, like it's going to go away. There's uh, people quote it a lot, but there's a passage in Second um, Corinthians that, I think in Christian circles can kind of be overused at times, but I was thinking about it even just before we, I logged on and um, it's a second Corinthians is a letter that Paul writes to a church and in, in Corinth. And he says, but he said to me, grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weaknesses. And so this is something that God says to him. And so Paul's like, well, because of that, I'm going to boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses. 
Um, and he kind of finishes this thought with, for when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Kind of this weird paradox of like, in recognizing my weakness, I, I see how strong the Lord is and how he's equipped me. And um, I still think I'm really only beginning to understand what this means. But I think, I think whenever I recognize how little I have to offer on my own, that's whenever I start to see the things that God has equipped me with and the strengths that I do have. And so I think at the end of the day, if I had to answer greatest, I really do think it is recognition of my own weakness. Yeah, um, that's awesome. But I, yeah, and I, I'd be interested to know. I'd love to. I actually really like this question myself. I want to ask some other people and see what they have to say. I'm curious for you, like how have you, you know, I imagine your answers maybe even changed as you've asked yourself this question. I'm curious, like, where'd you start with that? Where are you at now? Like, how would you answer it if I flip it back on you? Yeah, I'd, I'd love to answer. I think my greatest strength has definitely mainly stayed the same throughout the past uh, recent years. And I think my greatest strength is my honesty. At least I, mm. I, I try to be as honest as possible. And it usually, things usually just end up working. Whatever, whatever happens, I'm, I'm usually okay with it because this is, in my opinion, it's what should happen. If I'm being honest, then, you know, it'll, it'll all be fine. Mm. And I don't, I don't really have to worry about anything else. I don't have to worry about making something up, trying to, I'm not really sure, but <laughs> what what I what I try to do is like um, I I really want the people around me to be okay with my honesty. So I try to like manipulate my words so that it doesn't hurt anyone, or it's just like they recognize what I want and like what I'm trying to do. And yeah, I think it's it's definitely helped me. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I I, def I definitely see that in you. It's something that I think you have in a way that not many other people do. And I think what's so interesting about honesty is, I, pretty much universally, people think that that's a good trait. Largely, I mean, you know, I'm sure there's some people who are like, ah, it's not always, but I think most people want to be honest. But it's way more difficult to do that in practice. Mm -hmm. You know, to like, whenever you're with people and you know, like, oh, if I'm honest about this, like, it might hurt. You know, for them to hear that, or they might not receive it the way that I truly mean it. And it takes it takes a good deal, I think, yeah. of self assurance. Um, something something that you you told me a while back ago, you were like, and you have this kind of freedom from failure, and I was like, wow, that's that's yeah. such a good way to put it. Like, I have this apathy uh, towards judgment and failure. Like, I don't I don't really worry about that stuff. I don't worry about looking stupid in front of my friends or anyone. So I can just. I'm free to talk. <laughs> I'm free to talk honestly. Yeah. And it's it's definitely like maybe that's the foundation of my honesty. Maybe that disregard for um what's the word? You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. I kinda lost yeah, it. Absolutely. But yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Have you noticed has that has that cost you friendships or relationships at all, honesty, or is it largely a positive thing for you? If anything, Ever since I started actively trying to be honest, I I haven't made a single enemy that I can think of. Mm -hmm. And I've made, I'm, I've just become really good at making friends. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like, uh, for example, my electrical engineering graduate friends, like nobody knew anyone when we all first came into like our, our first class. But I just like, I just reached out and I was like, hey, you want to hang out? <laughs> like you want to study together this weekend? I'm getting like a little study session together. 
And yeah, that's just been like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't, I think that a lot of people might feel insecure about themselves in one way or another. Like I mm. definitely do too. But if you realize that like everyone else is in a similar boat as you, like they're not so different. It's a lot easier to reach out on like a, um, a grounded level, I guess. But mm. yeah. Yeah. I've noticed the similar thing. It's I, I think, I think people want friendships and community more than they let on, you know, and you, I, I've noticed from you, like you seem like the kind of guy that like creates community around him just by being honest and by inviting people into your life and your process. And um, I, I, you know, I imagine your electrical engineering grad friends and I'm like, I'm sure that they probably wanted to study with people, but for whatever number of reasons, they find ways to not reach out or to not, you know, be the one to create the community. And it takes someone like you to have the courage to be like, hey, let's let's do this together. You know? Yeah, dude, stop it! You're making I me blush. <laughs> no, but you I, think it's a product. Yeah, 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 and I, I totally, um, I incorporate it into my class setting as well. Like, I, I try to make friends with my professors, and maybe that's not like a, that's not really a normal thing. But I, I don't see any reason why we shouldn't. You know, like if if me and my professor are are buddies, then we're gonna help each other out. I have, um one friend i don't know if i told you this this the last time we talked might have been last semester but anyways i have a i have a professor that is it's his first year teaching and um he's teaching signal processing and i really wanted to learn this stuff i i don't know anything about it but it's used in my research and i i pretty much need to know about it so i i just told him like hey, I really want to learn this material. And I know it's your first year teaching. So like, let's help each other out. I'll, I'll give you feedback on like what helps me learn. If, and you can just teach me the material as like the best you can. And he was like, dude, that is like such a great idea. Let's totally do it. So I, I give him feedback like once every two weeks, once every three weeks. And yeah, it's, it's going really well. Incredible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I noticed as an undergrad, I was, I, because Penn State's this big school and people talk about like student right, right, teacher right. ratios and uh, the big classes at Penn State. And what I realized is I was like, even in a 700 person class, if you're willing to put, you know, your foot forward, if you're willing to put in the effort and start the conversation, all professors will, you know, they'll create some sort of re relationship with you. Yeah. Even in a 700 person class, if you want to, you can get to know your professor. And I think it's, I've never seen that be a bad thing in my experience to get to develop that relationship. And um, like they might expect more of you, but at the end of the day, I think you learn better and it helps them teach better, yeah, especially yeah, in your for sure. I actually had um, another professor on my podcast on Friday. Um, yeah, he hasn't sent me the recording yet because he's old and I'm not sure if he met now, <laughs> but it's it's really the conversation that I, I value. Like the the storage is just I don't know. It's it's nice to have, but it's not everything. So, yeah. but anyways, um, he he was like, he's I I go to him about like um life stuff a lot about mm -hmm. like, you know, I'm not really sure about what's going on right now. If I want to keep going with EE and stuff, and <clears throat> his class doesn't actually relate to my research but I just really admired him as a professor. And that's why I wanted to continue with taking his type of classes. But I, I realized that like nobody in our class is really interested in 
what he's doing. Everyone just knows that he's goofy and that he's like a a good professor. He's supposed to be like a really smart person and stuff. So I just told him, I think that like, I told him that like, I, I wasn't interested, like, and I, I wanted to figure out why. And I wanted to figure out like what we could do to, you know, fix that. And I think that's where like the honesty really came into play. Um, just straight up telling him what was going on in my head yeah. and what I thought about his class. Like, and now it's just like, it's, it's really awesome. He's definitely visibly like putting a lot more work into our class and trying to huh. make it more like, um, what's the word? I don't know. Um, so basically he's a lasers professor. Like he does like optical stuff, but not many of the students. There's one student that's an optics student and everyone else is like radar. So okay. it doesn't completely mesh, but it's all supposed to be about sensing and like seeing stuff with your lasers slash radar. But it's all like lasers right now. But he's been starting to move it towards like radio frequencies, which is like what most mm -hmm. of the people are doing. And I think that's because of me, not not trying to be like, yeah. um, uh, I don't know, dude. I keep it's it's early. I'm gonna blame it on yeah. the, the time of day. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, I'm sure you don't want to toot your own horn, but it, it is. I think it's a testament yeah. to you of honesty to to see even a change in the way your professor's teaching, and that's not you know that's not just helping you. It's helping the you know yeah, the other everyone people. else. Yeah, yeah, that's incredible. All right, let's let's do one more. Uh, we'll, we'll do a couple more. Um, do you have any memorable moments that come to mind when you think of your past? Yeah, that was, that was, I, I looked at that and I was like, wow, I mean, where do I start? And I was like, you know, the, what might be the most helpful thing is to just wait and see what shows up whenever you ask the question in the, in the interview and see like, you know, what are some of the things that pop into my head? Yeah. And, and one of the first things I yeah. think of, even, you know, I hadn't thought about this up until right this moment, but um, I just having, you know, because now I look at my life, and I'm like, I am looked at as a leader by a lot of people, which I still don't realize a lot of the time. I, to me, I'm a friend with people and I'll like step up and lead things that I need to. But a lot of people see me as a leader, which is kind of wild to me because I never really saw myself that way. Growing up, I had people tell me, they're like, Nick, I think that like, I think that you're going to lead people like this is something that you're equipped to do. And you're a leader. And there's, you know, they're speaking this into my life, but I'm just not seeing it because I'm kind of a quieter, mm. more introverted kid, you know, middle school, high school. And I took this trip. Um, I, I, I should I should go back and figure out exactly what year it was. I think it was going into either my freshman or sophomore year of high school. It was this like a uh, ten-day-long backpacking trip in New Mexico, which is beautiful. It was a fantastic time, super dry. We weren't even allowed to have fires or anything while we were doing it. But uh, it was it was for me one of the defining leadership experiences in my life because I was so they made me the crew leader, and so um, we had some adults with us. It's not like we were without supervision, yeah. but I was kind of like they let me make a lot of the calls and kind of lead and um, start things and. Uh, looking back, I'm like, I don't know how I did it that, but being thrust into that leadership position for me was so important because I was, I think, I think either the youngest or the second youngest guy in the whole trip. And so I had all these other guys who I'd never really met before in my life. It wasn't like I was, my dad came with me, but other than that, I didn't know any of these people. And 
um, they asked me to lead. And, and so I was really intimidated by that. Mm. Having that challenge and being able to step up to that, I think was a major turning point for me and kind of my confidence yes. that like, no, yeah, like you, you do have what it takes. Like you can do this when called upon and um, like, you're not going to blow it. Like people will listen to you. Um, Cause I think, I, I think that's one of the things that I was insecure about is like, will people even listen to me? Like, um, will people follow my lead on things? And so that for me was really a formative experience, just being able yeah. to take ownership of le a leadership role like that and um, see what happens. And so that's that's a more positive, memorable moment. I I think it could have gone either way, but that certainly for me is... No, I like it. So did you feel like you had to win their trust, like the people you're leading? Yeah, I, I did. I there was, I, I remember right as we, as we were starting into the trip, they're kind of briefing us uh, on things we should expect and what it should look like. And um, they told us, they're like, here's kind of the way that it'll go is there'll be a honeymoon phase at the beginning where everyone's having fun. Like, you're just happy to be on this trip. You're happy to be out here. Da, 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 da. And then you kind of hit this like stormy, um, rocky phase where things start to go wrong. And you're like, you've been out there for a while and you're kind of tired at each other. And there's Know, different things about people's personalities that are rubbing you the wrong way and uh and then you kind of work it out there's like this healing phase where you like come together as a team and then you finish on this like kind of euphoric high mm -hmm. and uh i remember the first couple of days i was like i don't know we all get along really well like the honeymoon phase was real i feel like that was my opportunity to build trust and it felt like you know i'm developing friendships with these guys and then just like they said it would uh the the tough stuff happened like we had i remember at one point a guy got really upset and just took his backpack and, and whipped it off the trail and people would get in each other's faces and i had some guys call me some not so nice names and there was there was there was some conflict and i think that looking back i'm like i think that's whenever the trust was built was kind of been able to receive some of the frustration from people and hear what they're upset with and, and to be able to react to that and listen to them and empathize with them I think that's probably when the trust really was built because the first couple of days it's easy it's easy to follow someone whenever you're enjoying it whenever things get really tough that i think the trust develops and so um i did feel like that had to happen i was, I was grateful for some days to get under our belts where it was just mm -hmm. easy but i think i think i did kind of feel that need to like prove to them like okay like i you know i'm willing to trust this guy yeah that was a that was a really amazing experience dude like yeah. I've had something kind of similar. Uh, it's called drum corps where we tour around like the United States doing marching band thing every day over the summer. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That was kind of similar how like when you first get there, you don't really know anyone and like you, you eventually like make a lot of friends, but you're doing it for 90 days straight. So obviously there are like really rough patches where you just don't get along and like stuff, stuff happens. But by the by the final week when it's all like when it's all almost over and like we've been doing this for the whole summer it's like man this is really gonna end and then we're all gonna be going our separate ways and yeah yeah even if you're telling me about that i'm curious that do you still have any of those relationships with the drum corps yeah yeah i i do like um <laughs> a dungeons and dragons thing oh, every right. week with them yeah with my um symbol buddies at least from that from that yeah. summer in 2018 yeah it's really awesome. And I'm going to have uh, one of them on the podcast next week, next Tuesday. So, yeah, but awesome. we, we still keep in touch and it's like, it, it was really awesome. I don't know. 
Uh, there's something else I wanted to bring up too. I forget what it I, was. It, if you don't mind me button in, that's one of sure. the things I was curious about was just kind of like hearing a, a sort of a spark notes from you, the inspiration for the podcast and like, you know, inviting oh, people. Yeah. You said it was a calibration station. Is that the. Yeah. Name? Yeah. So um, it's kind of the, the thing you're talking about, the Corinthians um passage mm. is that what you guys call it the passage or yeah yes phase? in second yeah yeah so realizing my um my strength and my weaknesses like my greatest strength was my weakness that type of thing it was mm. kind of like i realized that i i thought i was awesome <laughs> i thought i was a shit and i realized that you know that's not true at all um there's so much more to learn so much more to improve and it just, well, if you like throughout the entire podcast, I just keep teetering back and forth between like, yeah, I'm, I'm not really where I want to be. And I really want to get like a lot better. And then, man, dude, you, you have like, it, I don't really, I'm not doing it justice, but <laughs> basically the reason why I started the podcast was because I wanted to be more of an average person. There's a phrase, a phrase that my teacher used in high school that was um, the average person thinks they're above average. And I was definite, I definitely think that I'm above average. Like there's no getting around it. It's just honestly what I think. And I hate it. <laughs> I don't like that. I don't like yeah. to think that I'm like better than anyone because I, I don't think that's true. It's just like, it's not, it's not like realistic. Like there's, mm -hmm. everyone has something to offer to the world and mine is just, I know what mine are, but I wanted to know what other people's are as well. I wanted to get more perspective and more insight on what's around me. And I wanted to have like deep conversations like this. Mm -hmm. I don't really get to talk about stuff like this um, in like a normal setting. If I were just to hang out with my friends and just like, I don't know, do whatever, unless it's like hiking. I can usually talk about this stuff when yeah. I hike, like one-on-one, -on -one, but yeah, yeah. But honestly, I just wanted more opportunities to talk like this. So um, in, a, in the winter, like after winter break, or I started the podcast during winter break after the semester ended last year and I wasn't hiking, I wasn't doing anything. So I just really wanted to talk. <laughs> get my thoughts out there. And yeah, that's about it. Hey, that's fantastic. I was as I was, you know, looking over the questions and stuff. I was like, this is such a great format to really have a good conversation with someone. Like, I, I'm fortunate, like what I get to do, like, leads to these kinds of conversations regularly. But I'm like, man, it is like, like it is. It's tough whenever you're with friends, just kind of on a, on a day to day basis to be like, hey, um, you know, what's your greatest strength in life? Yeah, it's a weird thing <laughs> yeah. Start a new conversation. But Having a podcast where you're like sitting down with some purpose and mm -hmm. uh, you know being asking deliberately you know kind of difficult deeper questions, I think you end up with these nuggets and things that you can take from people's lives that you know are going to impact you in a positive way. And I think, like you're saying, help you realize, oh yeah, you have just as much to offer to this world as I do. You know, I'm not yeah, exactly. I'm not some special gift for everybody else. Like we all have a role that we play and. Mm -hmm. uh, I love it. I, it almost it it makes me want to do essentially the same thing and just start yeah, inviting man. all sorts of people from different spheres of my life to sit down and have these conversations. Yeah, it's really awesome. It's just like um, 
it's just for fun and i i get to do it every week well i get to do it whenever i want so <laughs> it's it's I, I feel grateful to have it i don't know i i would recommend it it's it's nice it's nice to like reach out to people and have a conversation you know yeah yeah, yeah it really is and, it's, and i'm it's, sure it's kind of like a, oh go ahead go ahead I was going to say, I'm sure the conversations you've had, I mean, are just taking so many different directions and so many different topics are getting hit on. And I love the open-endedness of it too. You know, it's not like a, it's not a mountain any podcast. It's not like a life advice. It's just like a, like, I just want to, I just want to know you as a person and how it goes. Yeah. And with like, I do like, I'm on the third season right now, <laughs> which doesn't really make any sense. Like the seasons are just like kind of, to me, like the change in season is like a change in mindset. Um, whenever I think my life is becoming a little too, a little bit too stagnant, or it's just like, when whenever I realize like, you know, I'm not where I want to be right now. And I think it's time to change something in my life to make things better. And that, it's, it's been happening like, <laughs> well, I started the podcast in like the end of December and it's already season three, but as yeah, said, it's incredible. Like, yeah, yeah. I I really want to look for stuff right now that I can fix and that like mindsets that that I don't need that I can just like discard and stuff that will make me like a better a better person a more average person like a. And when I say average, I mean like I I I think like um, people and personalities are like this giant color circle. And you can like pick the shade you want to be. I want to be in the very center of everything. At least that's what yeah. I'm trying to do with like this calibration idea. And yeah, yeah you kind of have a, you want to have a little bit of everything. Yeah, yeah. And it's not even just one color circle. I think there's like a, a billion circles. Mm. But it's <laughs> a really neat way to look at it. I like that. That's yeah. a good picture. Awesome. Okay, let's move on to the final question. Nick, do you have any advice for your listeners? Yes. Um, for for whoever would listen to this, I do think, and I, I mean, we've already hit it quite a bit, and so maybe I'll tack on something on top of it. But one of the things that I I think has transformed my life is, is really being able to listen to people well. And it's like you're talking about seeing each person that you interact with as someone that you can learn something from, I, I think is has a ton of power behind it to be able to approach every interaction, every conversation, be like, okay, this person knows something that I don't, they have something to offer that I don't, I can learn from them in some way I can grow from this interaction. And, um, I, I had a mentor tell me once he said, great listeners are, will become great leaders. And I think a lot of people, especially people who are going to maybe listen to this kind of podcast have a desire to lead at least in some area of their life. And, um, I think to really, truly do that well, it requires being a good listener. Um, I think we've all experienced what bad leadership looks like. And I think oftentimes those people um, don't, they don't empathize, they don't listen, they don't ask questions, they don't seek to understand. And so um, for me, I, I think listening is big and I think seeking as well. I would encourage seeking to anyone who's on this. And I think that looks like a lot of different things. Um, I would I would say ultimately seeking God is kind of like essentially humanity's purpose is to find what that thing that's bigger than yourself, the thing that's kind of the origin, the initiator of, of what life is that we exist in. And 
Um, so I would, I would advise seeking God, but I think for a lot of people, the way that they end up doing that is through, um, through learning something through seeking other things. And then that kind of gets them to that point in the first place. And, you know, just through conversations I've had with you, I know that that's something that you've been curious about and something that you, I think ultimately are doing in some way, shape or form, even with this podcast. And so, um, I would, I would encourage and give, give the advice to seek God and to become a listener. Those are two things that I think, um, will will tr- change and transform your life for the better certainly wow that's awesome man all right thank you so much nick for coming on the podcast and sharing your experiences with us um and thank you for it's listening guys peace